Welcome to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. This is a show to help you be inspired by our Catholic faith, live out the gospel message, and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm joined each program in the studio with my dear friend, Emily Jaminette. We hope this show provides an uplifting 30 minutes to help refresh your soul and strengthen your faith. As it was born out of our friendship, we hope it encourages you to deepen and develop spiritual friendships with your sisters in Christ. Well, good morning, Emily. Good morning. Good morning. We are back in the studio with an incredible topic today, topic that is for everyone. We are going to be talking about habits for holiness with Father Mark Mary Ames. And I'm so excited. And I need some habits for holiness. So I might desire holiness, right? But without the habit, you you might just miss the mark. Absolutely. And, and he has done a fantastic job in his book, teaching you small steps for making big spiritual progress. And we all we all need that, right? We do. And we're both excited about this book. I was actually walking in the studio. I ran into two other women that were like, that book changed my life. I kept reading and thinking it's got to be for my husband. But then all of a sudden I realized it's just as much for me. So I thought that was a summary of how we feel about habits for holiness. Absolutely. Well, Father Mark Mary is a CFR. He is the Director of Communications for the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal and a regular Ascension Press presenter's speaker. He was ordained in 2018 and lives at the CFR Friary in the Bronx. Father Mark Mary is a weekly host on Ascension Presents, the second largest Catholic YouTube channel in English, and the co-host of Poco Poco podcast with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Today, we're going to talk about his new book, Habits for Holiness, Small Steps for Making Big Spiritual Progress, where Father Mark Mary will take 800 years of Franciscan spiritual wisdom and extract small steps that can lead anyone, especially lay people, to great holiness. So welcome, Father Mark Mary. Michelle and Emily, thanks for having me. Make me blush a little bit with that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> we are so honored to have you on the show. And I was saying we could probably do like 12 shows with you because every chapter, like every paragraph is mm-hmm. a step that you can take in your growth for holiness. So before we begin, we, you know, gave a little brief bio, a formal bio, but can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your faith journey? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I currently live in Harlem, New York. I've been here about two years, been in the Northeast, uh, kind of in the Bronx or Harlem for the most part since 2009, which is when I first entered the uh, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. And I was um, ordained a priest, as you mentioned, in 2018. And uh, my, my entire kind of like time as a priest has been in New York. I'm originally from Southern California. So I'm originally in Orange County, uh, California, kid, and um, I learned about the CFR, this is kind of, it's kind of funny, I learned about the CFRs actually at In-N-Out Burger in, uh, in Southern California, and the Lord used that and brought me out here, and um, I love everything about being a, a friar and being a priest. And can you tell us a little bit more about the CFRs and the work you do? Sure, yeah, we, we were um, kind of like a, a kind of a, commu- a Franciscan community, sort of in, in the, we consider in the Capuchin tradition. We actually started in 1987 in the South Bronx. We had eight founders at the time. And kind of the two most notable would have been Father Benedict Groeschel and Father Andrew Apostoli, who were well known for a lot of things, but uh, in particular maybe some of their writing and speaking and being on EWTN. And, uh, you know, our, our, our kind of our life is first and foremost prayer. And so we pray together uh, at least five times a day, and it adds up to about four or so hours. Um, we have in mass together every day, Eucharistic adoration together every day, and then um, 
so, so that our prayer is foundational. We, we live together as community, and really, I think, um, our community really does treasure uh, what it means to be brothers. And so we live together, we pray together, we work together, we eat together, those sort of things. And then from these relationships flow our, our work. And we kind of talk about a twofold apostolate of uh, living amongst and serving the material of the poor, uh, but also preaching the gospel. And so that's kind of uh, what we do. And there's maybe 140 of us right now, and for the most part in the U.S., but we're in England and Ireland and Honduras and Nicaragua as well. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Look at the fruit, right? And I think your book um, did an amazing job showing us that it is in small steps. And I think maybe as lay women, we get a little excited and think we want these monstrous progress in our life. And if not, we get a little bit um, maybe discouraged. So can you you open the book and in, in talking about monasteries and um, the just those little steps sometimes you know, where the Bronx was when you first started. Um, could you could you open with your listeners, with our listeners, and just share, it wasn't all roses, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for that that question. And that really is part of um, kind of my heart for the book and, and where the the inspiration came out. And it's, um, it's, it's kind of twofold, is just this idea that um, like, kind of sincerity is not enough. Like, and there's someone of us, like, we want to follow the Lord, we want to be all in for Jesus. And, and we don't necessarily have models, but we also don't necessarily have, like, best practices. And so we don't really know what to do with our, our enthusiasm and our desires. And after time, we can sort of dwindle. But also, I think a lot of people uh, are having the experience of, like, a temptation towards discouragement or despair looking at the state of the world. Uh, for themselves, I think particularly and, and very acutely for their children. And this question is like very real. It's like, is it even possible to follow Jesus today? Like, is, is the world too broken? Um, is it possible for my children to actually be uh, long-term disciples uh, of Jesus Christ? And, and so I, I start with the example of our community because um, we, we started again in 1987 in the South Bronx when at the time kind of that neighborhood particularly the police precinct, which had a movie made about it, um, was called Fort Apache. And it's just because of, like, the violence and the drug use and the burned-out cars and all that sort of stuff. But, right, it was, like, it was the Lord and his providence who invited this new renewal community, these eight men, to move into Fort Apache um, and to, to start to live, like, a life, and an ordered life, and a way of life. And so their, their prayer and their work and their schedule and their community and their work with the poor and their uh, sort of attention to the liturgy and all of these sort of things um, created a space and an order and a capacity for these men to really go, grow in grace and to really follow the Lord and grow in holiness and be fruitful, again, in the midst of a very, very broken situation. And so uh, sort of the thesis for the idea is that... Um, kind of based loosely off of some of our best practices, some of the practices of the friars then, is if you want to follow the Lord, like, wherever you are, like, here's some, here's some good things to, to kind of work into your life. Here's how to have a prayer schedule. Here's how to sort of interact with the liturgy or the importance of culture or the importance of community, things like that. And so my hope is to give uh, hope, like, hey, it is possible, look what, look what the Lord did with us, but also some practical steps. 
And I think you do that really wonderfully. It's not like, well, we pray for three hours, so you need to do that too as lay people. Like right. you realize that that's not our lives as busy wives and mothers and husbands. And But you start out um, the book with prayer, which is, you know, of primary importance. And you can you share a little bit with the listeners why it's important and how do busy lay people even start to have a prayer life? And I love your quote. You said, prayer is like the filet mignon and lobster tail for the soul. Yes, 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 yes. And that's like, it's like the good stuff. That's the important stuff. And, and, and that's, I think, in reference to like, sometimes we use our kind of mental energy and stuff for just little things that are like distractions and just are like kind of like sugar and they don't end up satisfying and they don't make us healthy in, in, in the long run. Um, so you got to learn sometimes to like not ruin your appetite, not, not be eating licorice when steak's getting cooked. Um, but, right, like, this is just the truth, and it's the absolute truth, and it's a fundamental truth. It doesn't mean it's not a hard truth, but it's the truth is that we need to pray. Like, we need to pray, and if, like, our invitation is a spiritual life, it's a life of grace, and we're not going to be able to follow the Lord. And we're not going to be able to kind of grow in conversion and freedom and holiness and hope uh, without the Lord. Um, but the good news is, of course, is the Lord is always there and faithful and always offering himself. And so... Um, like we, we, we need, uh, we need the, the Lord is like, like that prayer I, I would say, and I do say is as like essential to the spiritual life as food is, um, to the body. And, and so I use, again, it's a, it's a strong quote, but I think sometimes you have to be a little bit strong from St. Alphonsus Liguori in the, um, in the catechism where he says, those who, those who pray are surely saved, those who do not are surely damned. And I think it's as, it's kind of clear, like, hey, if you, if you have a plant, and you feed it and you water it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do great. And I guess I know there are some other factors. But also, like, but if you don't, like, for sure, it's just going to die. And it is as kind of straightforward, I think, for our prayer lives. But, like, poco a poco, little by little, like, we just start where we can and, and, um, and allow kind of our prayer life to, to grow uh, incrementally if that's, if that's where we're at. Well, you talked um, a little bit about this three by five examine in the book, and I really love that idea. So can you share us with what that means and how people can put that into their prayer life? Yeah, and, and one of the, I think, the, the practices of religious, which I think um, there's no reason it, it can't be properly integrated in the life of the laity, again, is some sort of rhythm of prayer. Like we're going to pray in the morning, we're going to pray in the afternoon, we're going to pray in the evening. And part of that is the sanctification of the day and just the reality that if you pray for 10 minutes in the morning and that's the last time you pray, by the end of the day you might be a little bit tuned out to the voice of the Lord. And so the idea of uh, with that mid, that, uh, the 3x5 the examine, at least how I propose it in the book, there's other ways you can use it, is, is a, a little way to just kind of take some time of prayer in the afternoon, like a, little, a little afternoon, maybe pre-post-lunch check-in, and what you're going to reflect on is um, kind of three different areas. So look, looking at the first half of my day, what are the th- three things I can be grateful to the Lord for? So you kind of prayerfully look at those three things, give thanks to the Lord. Okay, what are, are – uh, and then so like, okay, that's five things that I can be grateful. What are five things where maybe I, I either sinned or I lost my temper or I didn't respond the way the Lord wanted me to? ask for his mercy. And then kind of my favorite part is now I'm going to look towards like what's coming up in my day. Like what are five conversations, five events, five things that are going to happen that I'm going to want the Lord's help with. And so I prayerfully entrust those things to the Lord and asking his grace to go before me. And that's the three by five examine. 
Wow, I really need that, Father. So thank you for for sharing that with us. And you know, sometimes for us as lady, as moms, we we get ourselves into a little bit of a rut, or we don't really think ahead. And you know, one of the things um, with your book you talk about is multiple times is being overcommitted to different activities. Many times, you know, we just say yes, 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 but we're not being led by prayer and and really discernment on how to prioritize things. So maybe you could share with us, you know, um, some spiritual advice on on how to approach kind of all the activities, all of the good things. Sometimes there's too many good things on on how to set up our life on that. Yeah, and, and I would begin, I think, by just being understanding and compassionate and merciful, hopefully, because I do realize that there, there are just so many pressures from the world. And it, it can start, like, with school and with sports, and then it keeps going on with clubs and meetings and this, and it's just there, there is this, it can, these external pressures, and, and some of them are, are very real and very strong to just have to be running and doing everything. And, um, but that's just, not, that's just not the Lord's will. You know, that's not what the Lord needs, and that's not what he, he wants for us, especially if it's at the cost of a prayer life. It's the cost of our peace, of our, with our spiritual and our, and our actual health. And so um, just to, like, really, number one, just give people, like, the invitation to talk to the Lord about it, to look at it, and hopefully um, permission to, like, not play the game, you know, uh, not to just have to do what everybody else is doing because everybody else is doing it. Um, but to grow in the freedom of, of kind of, I talk about particularly in like the simplicity or poverty chapter of, of working the contentment muscle of the, of the capacity, the human capacity, just to say, no, I'm good. No, I'm okay. No, I'll pass on that. Um, and that's ultimately at the service of, of relationship with family, relationship with friends, relationship with the Lord. Um, I understand, again, it's hard, but to really prayerfully discern, like, am I overcommitted and why? And if it's, and then, and then, because often there's going to be like a something a little bit off about why we are, we feel the need to be doing so much, and like let's allow the Lord to speak and to heal into that kind of deeper root. That's beautiful because you're right. There is a high price that we pay when we overcommit and we sacrifice our family, and then you turn around and you're right. You're sending your child to college, and you realize the opportunities that you miss. So you, you did a really. I think it's such a great for, thing for us to think about and to discern in our family life what is really truly important and, and what we're sacrificing um, for these things, for, for sports or whatever else that is not leading our families to God. Well, and I think a lot of times what we're sacrificing, right, Michelle, is just um, the good things, you know, the family times, going to mass together as a family, um, the family dinner conversation, the place in which we are able to help process the pressures of the world. So, um, wow, thank you, Father. We're you know speaking with Father Mark Mary here. So what a, what a gift that is. Yes, we're li- you're listening to Inspired by Faith, the program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm in the studio with Emily Jaminette, and we're speaking with Father Mark Mary about his book, Habits for Holiness, Small Steps for Making Big Spiritual Progress. 
So Father Mark Mary, you talked about in the second chapter about family and the power of relationships. And you wrote, you had a great moment of enlightenment when I realized that my relationship with the Lord and my relationships with others are not two separate worlds. So can you share a little bit about family life and community and how that helps us grow in holiness? Because I know it can be great. I wake up, I have my morning prayer and it's quiet and everything's good. And then, you know, everybody starts getting up and it starts getting hairy and people are yelling at each other and you lost your peace already. So... Yeah, absolutely. And I think we have, so many of us have the experience of like going to Mass or going to pray, and then it's like uh, you come out and something goes wrong, and you immediately, like in the parking lot or whatever, like you immediately lose your cool or you get judgy or you get whatever, and it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe something's not totally connected. And, and I do think that uh, we want to bridge that gap and sort of even dissolve that gap a little bit of the idea of like, okay, here is my spiritual life, here's my relationship with the Lord. And then here's, like, the rest of my life. And I think intellectually we know that loving neighbor is part of the gospel. But sometimes in practice uh, we don't always kind of make that connection, particularly with this, I would say, is that um, like the best work of the Lord's purification informing us and inviting us to grow in virtue uh, isn't just going to happen in the chapel. Like it's essential, again, that we're praying but all of the grace that the Lord wants to give us to be renewed and to be formed isn't just going to be found like me praying to the Lord. Uh, I, I like to kind of talk about um, discipleship being a team sport. Um, and so in our families and in sort of the annoyances and in the frustrations and in the, the clothes not getting put away and in the temper tantrums, all of that is also invitations from the Lord and opportunities for the Lord for us to, to really to really grow and to respond, and for Him to really kind of get into our lives and our hearts. And so um, we need each other, but also through kind of the difficulties with each other is, is often where the Lord, Lord's going to do the best work of forming us. Amen. That is so true. So beautiful. Thank you. Well, I also love you talk about simplicity and poverty, and you talk about your love, love for the poor. So I love you shared that the quote, live simply so others may simply live. So how you how do you do that as the CFRs and how do you see us as lay people? And I love, loved your reference to Mary's Meals. We are big Mary's Meals fans over here in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we won't have to get into it, but Mary's Meals, I couldn't, couldn't praise it enough about the good work the Lord's doing um, through it. You know, um, so again, so there, there's a chapter, right, on simplicity, and we're going to kind of, like, move, though, I, I think a little bit into, like, the, the working with the poor thing, because there, there is a reality, right? There is a reality of the poor, and there is a reality of the cry of the poor, and our Christian duty. Um, it's a human duty, but particularly, like, a Christian duty to be taking that into account, and, and it's one of my favorite Scripture passages, Galatians 2.10, where just after Peter, Paul, James, and John had their first little meeting in, um, in Jerusalem, and, and uh, it's Paul writing about it. He says, they just asked that I, would be mindful, that, I, like, that I remained mindful of the poor, the one thing I was always sure to do. And so there is this, um, this invitation just to be mindful and to make decisions taking into account like, the needs of the poor, particularly with our spending. And so the idea of okay, like, can there be an invitation to a more simple way of life? Um, primarily, the simplicity is towards relationship, but also um, towards charity. And so that's, that's a little bit of a, of a synopsis on what's going on there. 
it's so true because right we how many times you just like pop through the drive-through i need a coffee i need a burger the kids want this can i have that you're in the store you've put 10 extra things in your cart you didn't need and when you actively think like do i really need this and can i use this money to help somebody else it's really transformative. You don't have to go, you know, it's hard for us maybe as moms with young kids, we can't go to the soup kitchen, but we can be cognizant of our spending and where we're giving our money to. Yeah, absolutely. And again, um, I think there's, there is a lot of freedom and a lot of space for creativity. Like uh, I do think like, like little practices as well. Um, I don't think these were in the book, but I love the idea because with I think with um, online shopping, there's just such a temptation sometimes to buy something just because it's kind of fun to buy stuff and it's fun to get stuff, or because you know the internet and all that is so good at making us need stuff that we don't really need. Is like uh, for for the non non essentials. Can I have like I'm, I'm, before I press buy, I'm always going to let something sit in my my cart for 24 hours or for 48 hours just to give, like, a little bit more of a space for authentic, like, discernment. Or, or, like, you could do, like, a fun little thing of giving, you know, yourself a little tax. So for every $20 I spend on a non-essential item, I'm going to give $1 to the poor. Or, or for every $10 I spend, I'm going to give $1 to the poor. Just these little ways to be a little bit more of a, a better steward and to live, again, kind of in touch with the reality of the needs of the poor. Wow. I love that. And if you think about Christmas, Michelle has four kids. I have seven kids. Imagine if I added that little tax to, you know, those items, uh, the good that that we can do would be phenomenal. Thank you so very much, um, Father Mark Mary, for sharing that. Now, in the book, um, you said, we the friars understand by living a healthy, well-cultured, balanced, and integrated life, we're going to thrive as people of happiness healthiness and holiness. So I don't think a lot of Americans think that way. And especially it might even be shocking that this is what the formation of the friary is leading towards. Could you share a few words um, of encouragement to us and why, you know, why this is your ultimate goal? Yeah, absolutely. And um, right. I do think there's a reality that particularly if it's just something that's happening to us as we're older or whatever, like, uh, sickness or, all, or, or injury, all that, isn't actually an uh, obstacle to grace. And it's many of the, the lives of the great saints, it's actually when they were hurt that the Lord came and did his best work. But there is this idea of like this, this ordinary sort of invitation that we, we kind of want to lean into of just living well-ordered and integrated lives. And, and I think one of the, the prime examples is like there's this acronym that I, I believe it's AA will use of HALT. And there's an understanding that when I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, um, I'm more sort of susceptible to falling into the temptation and going back to whatever it is I struggle with. And, you know, there is, there's, it's similar, though, just for, again, following the Lord or, or not following the Lord. It's that, you know, um, living healthy, um, eating well, all of these sort of things kind of protect us and give us a little bit more margin. And, and we, do, we don't want, we don't need to purposely sort of strip ourselves so that every yes or every sacrifice is the hardest thing ever. Like it's, it's okay to live healthy and to be ordered. Um, and ultimately, this is going to help us grow in freedom. It's going to help us grow in, in chastity and in purity and sobriety um, and generosity as well. 
I love this. This is really what the Lord has been speaking to me to have this ordered and disciplined life. And that's where your holiness and your happiness will come from. Not your happiness isn't coming from buying things or doing things or saying, I did this, I, you know, but really having this ordered life is what brings us peace and happiness and holiness. Well, and it's challenging because a lot of times I'll admit like it's the scrolling, it's the, oh, you know, maybe I have time for a show. Well, you really don't. When you're living a well-ordered life, you know, TV in the middle of the afternoon just doesn't even make sense. So I do think this is a great, a great formula and, and really inspiring for us to, to live our best life. Well, Father Mark. I love that. Cause that oh, if I could just say, because that's what that is. Again, it's like we don't want to... Um, I kind of like the idea. You don't want to, like, just look at the labor pains and, and forget about the baby. Like, the sacrifices, the hard things, the, the purification of our lives, like, it, there's a reason for it. And, and what the Lord wants to offer us, again, in relationship with Him and, and, and thriving our relationships with others in our own sort of, again, happiness, joy, holiness, all of that, like, it's worth these, these little sacrifices. And so um, we want to keep, like, the promise and, and, and lie before us. And, and keep the sacrifices in that context. Well, can you tell our listeners where they can find um, your book online or um, any, if you've got your podcast and anywhere they can learn more from you? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the um, Habits for Holiness is from Ascension Press, so you can find it at Ascension Press. And uh, I think it's ascensionpress.com forward slash holiness. And then uh, probably, if you, if you kind of like this, probably the best thing to go to is our, our podcast, the Pokwa Poco podcast. And uh, it's myself with three of the brothers, and we actually have a whole series on the book as well, if you want that to, to be a guide that accompanies you through Habits for Holiness. That is amazing. That's going to be next on my bucket list. <laughs> well, before we go, Father, would you please close us in prayer? Yes, of course, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen, Lord. We know that you are our hope, you are our security, you are our shade, um, you are our life, Lord. And we, we ask that you continue to lead us and give us confidence and encouragement, especially in the midst of our own sufferings, those of those we, uh, those we love in our world. And may you always go before us and give us the grace to keep making the next best step in our following of you. And uh, I ask God's blessing upon all of your listeners in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for giving us time from your busy day. We very much appreciate all your work and spending this this 30 minutes with us. Absolutely. Y'all were a lot of fun, so I really appreciate it. Well, thanks. We want to have you in Columbus. So one of these days, we're going to have you out to speak to all of us in person. All right. I'll put it on the list. Okay. Awesome. And we're praying for all the CFRs. We're so grateful for all their vocations, all the yeses. And thank you for the work that you do as, a, as an order. We're so grateful. Of course. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Amazing. What a great priest. What an awesome example, right, to us on just they're striving, we're striving, we're all workers in the vineyard doing our best. Well, thank you for joining us for our program today on Inspired by Faith. We hope you are blessed and inspired by this episode. To find out more about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, visit ColumbusCatholicWomen.com. And to hear more about Emily and my work, be sure to check it out at InspireTheFaith.com.